This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, June 7th. Wherever and however you have chosen to connect, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who is, I believe, currently training for his first MMA fight, Jerem Jordan. Maybe against a baby giraffe or something. Uh, but Kyle Griffiths is uh, in the MMA or competing in MMA. Uh, he's going to open up June 25th, the former BYU player at the Maverick Center in West Valley, uh, Utah, on uh, Saturday, June 25th. So congratulations to him. He's been a graduate assistant uh, the last couple of years for BYU, played here as well. So now he's the MMA. I know he's got a bright uh, coaching future <laughs> out there uh, that I put something out on. I was told it's not official quite yet, so I took it down. Uh, but as soon as that's official, we'll, uh, we'll tell you. So exciting stuff uh, for Kyle. Yeah, I, I don't – like how much would I have to pay you to get in the ring with someone else of a similar height and weight? Like how much? At least six figures. And you had, uh, <laughs> you know, three months to train or whatever. At least six figures. It, it, it has to be a lot, right? And it's like, like for like one full minute or something? Is, yeah. is that it? Yeah. It, you don't have to pay me a lot. I respect those that get in there because it is crazy. We've had, I forgot his name, but we've had a former BYU uh, student, wasn't a student athlete, student who is uh, competing in MMA. You remember? I remember. Yeah. Yeah, also, like, like mad props to that guy. Also, we've had a former BYU football player turn graduate assistant. In the MMA circuit, Jan Jorgensen. Yeah, Jan Jorgensen. So Kyle yeah. Griffiths is just following in Jan's footsteps, apparently. That's good foot, uh, great footsteps <laughs> to uh, step in, man. Let's go. Well, uh, more discussion of how much money it would take us to get into the octagon later. Uh, here's the rest of your show lineup, including new BYU Women's Basketball Associate Head Coach Lee Camardi joins us live to discuss what life has been like over the last month or so. Big changes, obviously, losing Jeff Judkins in that department. And star Shaley Gonzalez. What does it all mean? What's that been like for Lee? We'll ask him. Also, BYU football, yes, we know they're headed to the Big 12. We've discussed it probably more than you would want us to, but look, it's the summer. However, we have not discussed when we expect BYU to win a Big 12 championship. When have we targeted that date for? Interesting conversation forthcoming, but not before today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. This in literally just seconds ago, like 20 seconds ago, BYU Women's Hoops announces Morgan Bailey as the new assistant coach. She played at BYU for 2010 to 15. She's top 20 in scoring. Uh, Thurl Bailey's niece. She's been at Utah Valley as an assistant coach the last couple of years. She is back now as an assistant coach for Brigham Young, joining Lee Kamard, who you mentioned we'll talk to. One more assistant job up for grabs there with uh, with the BYU women's coaching staff. Congratulations to at abaybay41 on Twitter. Still the same Twitter handle. I love it. <clears throat> Alex Barcelo worked out for the Sacramento Kings yesterday and will also work out for the Utah Jazz later today. He posted the Instagram story yesterday thanking the Kings for the opportunity. Barcelo, one of the best college basketball shooters in the country, the best, according to Jay Billis. Will that translate to more of an NBA opportunity for Barcelo? BYU Volleyball, the men's team gets some stability at setter with grad transfer Heath Hughes transferring in from Grand Canyon. Hughes was a multi-year starter for the Lopes in BYU's conference, the MPSF. Hughes has one year of eligibility. He will be joined 
by Cooper Jarman off a mission. That's Price Jarman's younger brother joining uh, Bartosz Slavinsky as well. So, uh, and Noah Hain, the four setters next year. Now, I like this addition for BYU. Some experience where obviously there were some issues last year, right? Yep, he's a, he's a good player, fifth year senior now. Let's go. It's, and COVID gave him this extra year okay. to be able to play. Let's do it. Elijah Bryant in the Turkish League Finals with Anadolu Efes against Fenerbahce. Turkish League Finals today. Good luck to Eli. Game starts at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those wondering. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Big 12 title pursuit. Jeremy, on the show yesterday, Tulsa World columnist Garen Emig joined us, and we asked him what he sees from BYU football competing in the Big 12 when it comes to being in contention for a championship early in the conference. Listen to this. If you're entering a league that just had a football championship game featuring Oklahoma State and Baylor, and this is with OU and Texas still in the league, then there is no reason that BYU should should come in thinking this might take a little getting used to. No, I, I think they compete right away. Uh, top four at the least. I, I, I think the, the door is open for them to come in and, and have an impact almost immediately in terms of football. Wow. Jerem, year one, top four at least? He doesn't know who's living. <laughs> <laughs> the quarterback, Jaron Hall. Now, if he's in play, then maybe we're you know seriously considering that idea right yeah, going to be in play <laughs> we wish we wish well look yeah. let's let's take the wide angle lens here and look outside just the, the idea that Jaron Hall is leaving will BYU win a Big 12 championship not in the first year but in the first 10 years of membership within the Big 12 the hope is yeah uh i think BYU it's, it's going to take a sec to get to that championship level like winning a Power Five Conference Championship would be unbelievable, right? I would argue it would be the second greatest thing uh, the team would have accomplished ever, obviously, to the 1984 National Championship. But uh, it's hard to do. Like, okay, as good as Utah has been, as good as Utah has been, it took them 11 years to win the Pac-12. And it also took USC and Oregon sucking. I've talked about this. The reason Utah wins is because those teams are down. You step, through, you step through that door. To Utah's credit, they did it, right? The hope is that for BYU, obviously Oklahoma leaves. The door is open for a lot of teams, right? Oklahoma struggled last year. Arguably every team. Oklahoma struggled last year. And who walks through? Baylor, who the year before was terrible. And then Oklahoma State, who's consistently very good, right? But they took that step towards almost being great and winning the league. Baylor wins and prevents Oklahoma uh, State from scoring like one inch away. It was a crazy game. Um, and then our stat of the day kind of tells you how hard it's yeah. been for the newcomers. Hit it. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Okay, last 10 years, P5 Conference expansion teams. Only three have won a conference title. Only three. It's, it's hard. Utah last year. TCU was a co-champ in 2014. And then Pitt won in 2021 last year. So it's really hard. Now, BYU, certainly, we've talked about it. They have, they have been prepared way differently than those teams were. Sure. And I would argue that Pitt isn't even maybe a conference newcomer because they were in a conference that was considered a power uh, league. The yeah, Big East they, was they a went power from league. Power five to power five. Yes. They went from power six to power five. Yeah. They eliminated the Big East, spread them out. They were in a power league. So I would argue it's only two. And only one of those was clear cut, wasn't co. Because in 2014, they didn't have a, a Big 12 title game. So you could argue there's only one team that has done it, and it was Utah. But I would argue 
that I don't necessarily even care if BYU wins a Big 12 title. Because to me, I want BYU to get to the New Year's Six more than I want a, a conference title. You, because I've looked at the last five years since the Big 12 started having a Big 12 title game. The team that lost the game, four out of the five, still went to yep. a New Year's Six game. Okay, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Baylor, Texas. They were all in the top 15. Three of those four were in the top 10. So if BYU, and, and, and by the way, the winner had zero to one losses four of the five years, and it was Oklahoma until last year. So I would argue if BYU in league can have only two losses, it's got a shot at the Big 12 title game, and at that point, hopefully they didn't lose in non-conference, and they've got a shot at the New Year's Six. I would like a New Year's Six game for BYU okay, so more I... than I want a Big 12 title. Wait, what? I want a New Year's Six game, yes. What? More than, more than a championship. I hand you the two opportunities. Okay. Well, opportunities. I would be okay if BYU went to a Big 12 title game like with two losses, lost, and still went to the Sugar Bowl. Well, yeah, sure. I'd be very happy. Actually, but you, let, me, let me clarify something. You just said you would choose a New Year's Six game over a Big 12 championship. That, that you can have both. If you win the Big 12 title game, you're going to be in a New Year's Six. I, I value playing in a New Year's Six game right now, right now, more than a Big 12 title. Yeah, because we, have, we, haven't, we aren't even in the Big 12. I want a New Year's Six game. To me, that's like the peak of what BYU okay, can do. Okay, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I want to see BYU playing a New Year's Six game, but if you can have both, why would you opt for not both the Big 12 championship and a New Year's Six game or just a New Year's Six game? Because uh, the chance of winning the Big 12 title is really okay, hard. Okay, now, now like, we're getting somewhere. Yeah, like, like if everyone stinks and BYU walks through that door, that's great, right? Um, but they're not all going to stink. And it took, again, it took Utah 11 years to get this. They didn't do this, what we're talking about. They didn't do this. They didn't win one in the first 10. It's really hard. I would be satisfied and more than if BYU went to a Big 12 title game, lost, and still played in the Sugar or Fiesta. That would still be amazing. That would certainly, be amazing. Certainly. Because we're talking about another level here. Like, BYU's never had it this difficult. So if BYU gets to a New Year's Six game in the first 10 years... Your boy is happy. Okay, so you're giving BYU 10 years to get to a New Year's Six game once they enter. To lose a Big 12 title game. Trust me, I would love a Big 12 title. That would be freaking awesome. Who wouldn't want that? Of course. Is there an opportunity for BYU, even if they didn't play in the Big 12 championship game, to get to a New Year's Six game? Because Oklahoma was Probably not. in that scenario. They've not had a third – have they had a third team? I, I will have to look at that. I don't think they've had a third team, like a second at large. Okay. I don't think they've had that. Typically, the league's not good enough. I don't believe the league will be good enough to support three in that situation. And even if the playoff expands, that's what I'm talking about. Like, are you in one of the top six games, if you will? That's what we're talking about. Are you one of the top 12 teams, if you will? The New Year's Six, so are, I mean, uh, from what I'm gathering here, you were looking for steps in the progression chart, correct? Yes, in like three and a half years, we'll be like, no, the Big okay. 12 title is the goal. So once yeah. BYU, let's, let's assume, and this is a huge assumption here, that BYU gets to a New Year's Six game sometime in the next decade, when they achieve that, then what's the next level of progression? Is it winning naturally, the Big 12 championship? Naturally, yeah. Okay. I, I, I would be if you ecstatic. Can have like if, if you hit both, though, then what? 
Like, let's say BYU to get do it again. They, okay. I don't. I, I don't want to just like, hey, we want a title. We're good. You think Utah sitting up there going, okay, we don't have to do anything for the next. Now they want to win the Rose Bowl. Now they want to go to the playoff. Right. Those are the ambitions. Well, let's be real. They, they are going to do. There are it. those schools and programs that live on that for a little while. Like, right. hey, we got there. We're good for the next five years. Most Power Fives aren't in that boat. Like, if you're Iowa State and you've stunk forever, and then you get you lose the Big Twad. 12 title game in 2020, and then you go to a New Year's Six and you keep Matt Campbell? Well, yeah, you want to do that. BYU is, is crazy ambitious. A lot of that has to do with our theology and what we believe is possible for anyone, right? We believe anything is possible. We won in 84. We can do it again. Listen, let's just get to a Big 12 title game, and then let's go from there. I, obviously, I would like to win that particular game. Yes. But it, we're, we just lost UAB in a bowl game, okay? How ambitious can we? <laughs> we got work to do. We got to replace all these players after this year because we're going to have a great year. They're going to bounce. That's what's going to happen. And uh, <laughs> the first year is going to be, you know, hopefully we uh, go 500 in the league and we uh, build from there. Let's go. Well, and then again, if Jaron Hall is the quarterback and decides that, hey, I want to come back for one more year, we don't know. We don't know. Back, we man. don't know what's going to happen. We know more than well. We have a good inkling. Yeah. Sure. I'm not. I'm not guessing on that idea. I'm. Giving you information from what we're we're hearing, right? Sure. And if BYU has a great year, he's totally gone. He's not coming back. Yeah, no, ar- no argument eight, there. He's been. This is his fifth season. Like, don't let COVID allow these guys to leave early because sure. they get this extra year. You're like, wait, you're a junior. It's like, no, they have been here four years. Like Shaylee's been at BYU for four years. She's I know, I two, know. The you know COVID I mean? scenario, yeah. her red shirt. Like, yeah, yeah she's been here a long Allow time. Allow these people to do what you do in your life, which is move on. So, again, I'm with you on the whole steps of progression. Like, yes, it would be awesome for BYU to hit the New Year's Six game for the first time ever. Obviously. Now, let's say that BYU does something uh, out of the norm this year, and they make another magical run, and they get to a New Year's Six game. Okay. How would that alter see, you? How would that alter your expectations for well, BYU moving into the Big Twelve if they hit that banner? They're like, "Hey, good. we got to it. Then what?" Great job! You did it against five Power Fives. Now you got to do it against nine every year. It's it's a different level of play. Like the attrition, the injury, okay, the depth required. We put is so much different. stock into. Yeah. Okay, not all Power Fives are created equally, right? Right. Kansas, I know. Kansas I know sucks. it's nine, but how close to. A Power Five schedule has was BYU last year. Right, when you consider that was the an other anomaly, good, bro. The other group of five teams that they play. BYU had never had a season like that. We can't take last year as the norm. Why can't you if the quarterback because is it, back and everybody's back? No, no, no. As something BYU can sustain. I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about BYU went six and one versus the Power Fives. That was awesome. But that's not going to be the norm. BYU is not just walking into the Big 12 going 7-2 and two every year. Okay, There's going to be years where it's 4-5, and 5-4, yeah, no, and 4 Nobody's saying three, that. I'm just talking six. about this year. This year and getting to the New Year's 6. Why couldn't? Why is, oh, it, an, I th- I thought why is meant, it an anomaly if everybody's back and your quarterback's back and you oh, can do it two years in a row? No, this year BYU could have a very successful year again. I thought you were connecting it to the future. I think there's no connection to the future with that part. The, the hope is that BYU has turned a corner that they are recruiting better, that they are getting deeper, and that they can sustain. We think they are. Yes, that, but you have to do it more than one year. You can't just in 2001 go 12-2 and two and then tank at 4-8, and 5-7, and seven, and da-da-da. See, 2001 was an exceptional year. It wasn't the new norm post-Lavelle, who at the end, let's be honest, got a little trunky. There was some eight-win season. Nine, it wasn't the 10 and 11 years. 
12 and 2, and then you go boom, boom, you go down. It t- it's going to take a lot to get to the point where BYU is very competitive at the upper echelon of the Big 12. We think the BYU can do it. It's, it's just, going to take a while to get there consistently? Yes. One, like one year would be awesome, but I don't think we're in the we want to just do it one year game. Like, do you want to be Arizona and go to the Fiesta Bowl in 2014 and then you always suck? That's the team no. I'm talking about. Like, no. they, they, they got there and they're like, yeah, we're good for five years. Uh, they're good for like 40. Like, they don't do anything <laughs> in football. You know what I mean? BYU hopes uh, and has some really high ambitions. They don't want to just be one-offs. We don't want, we don't want this to be the, the Aaron Roderick era only and he bounces after this year and goes somewhere. But it's like... It's going to be bigger than this, we hope, as BYU goes to the Big 12 and tries to compete yes. at a high level. So I, I guess what I'm saying is if BYU wins 10 games again this year, and it's now three years in a row, and you can even throw out the COVID exception and just say it's two years in a row, the two years pr- prior to going to the Big 12, that will alter expectations going into year one, even if Jaron Hall leaves. It just will. Yes. Like, does Cincinnati expect to be as good as they've been without Desmond Ritter and, like, seven draft picks? They're not going to be as good. That's, that's the reality of the situation. And that's hopefully BYU can recruit and replenish. But let's be honest. If you have a great year like the last two years, we hope three. It's okay to have a, a weird one in there, and then you go back up. Our question of the day, when do you expect BYU football to make a Big 12 championship game? Not win a Big 12 championship. Just get to a Big 12 championship Just game. Just get there. Let's hear from you, BYU SN and Voice of the Nation. This is... The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Jonathan Hawk on Twitter answers in 2028. Very specific. <laughs> Very specific. BYU will not only make the Big 12 championship game, but they will win it. Having five years to recruit the best of the best for Big 12 play will result in a legendary team unlike anything BYU has experienced recently. Hashtag BYUSN. Let's, five years. Let's see. Yeah, that would be the sixth year in the league, right? The five years recruiting. I like that. Let's see if BYU can turn the tide in getting the best athletes who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I don't believe BYU should get every single one. But my hope is that ones that were on the fence before about being independent or G5 are, oh, yes, we can can play in a Power 5 league. We love Kalani. The facilities get upgraded because you're getting handed a $50 million check every year. BYU's put back-to-back quarterbacks into the NFL. That's the hope of Jaron, right? And then, yeah, now, now it's like, are we have we start have we flicked the on switch on the conveyor belt of the QB factory again? Like that's the hope after the feels that way. Taysom Hill, Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, starting to feel that way. It's starting to feel that way again, which is exciting. Hashtag #BYUSN to join the conversation on social media. Coming up, a blue goggled projection that even Shep probably doesn't believe. In. What is there such a thing? <laughs> and BYU women's basketball associate head coach Lee Kamara joins us to discuss. It's been a big month for him and a crazy one. And more ahead. <laughs> What's next for Lee and the women's team? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Speaking of 2001. And uh, the amazing season it was. Uh, we have the reviewables coming up Friday. We examine the year. Gary Croton, Brandon Doman joins the program. Luke Staley was fun that year, of course, winning the Doak Walker Award. Friday noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I think if we said, hey, the cost of this is this, you, a lot of times you take it. You know what I mean? Like, what if I told you that 2020, the cost of that was 4 and 9 in 2017? 
because you have to get Zach Wilson. Was well, to it, get to the to get the program where they are now, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it, trust me, in 2017, it sucked. That was terrible. It was the worst BYU football season in 50 years. It was bad. But then 2020, 2021, we feel good about 22. Worth was it. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? I think we all agree it was. Sometimes you got to hit rock bottom. Yeah. To get that boost back up. And that might happen in the Big 12 to get to a Big 12 title game. Let's hope not. <laughs> I know. Let's hope there's no rock bottom. It can't all be uh, sunshine and roses, you know? We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We're super excited to have the new associate head coach of BYU women's basketball, Lee Kamard, back in studio. Yeah. Lee, congratulations on uh, the promotion and the position. Good to have you back in studio. It's always good to be with you guys. I'm just excited that I get to do this another time with you. I know. You. I was going to say that there was a moment where maybe this wasn't <laughs> going to happen, but uh, here we are. So what's the last uh, month or so been like for you? It's been a roller coaster. Um, long process. I mean, everybody loves Judd, and we're shocked, you know, when he kind of told us that morning. And then from there, just trying to get involved and get in the mix with potentially uh, being the replacement for him. Didn't play out that way, but super excited about where the program's headed. Um, Amber Whiting uh, called me the day she got it, and probably within a few minutes after it being announced, and super excited. We, we have a great relationship. Our recruiter son on the men's side spent a lot of time recruiting our daughter on the women's side, and then throughout this process, we kind of knew, hey, whoever gets it, you know, let's go do this together. So it's been good. Um, and now I'll just get back to work. So you're saying if you had gotten the head coaching job, you would have brought her on as an assistant? Is that a- absolutely. Mm. Yeah, that was – I mean, we had a lot of, a lot of conversations. Um, she probably stole some of my material to use, <laughs> use in the interview, but that's all right, you know. Um, she's good. And, and like I said, like I, I definitely would have tried to bring her on staff if she would have been open to it. And she's fiery and she's feisty and she – I've watched her, you know, as you go out and you recruit and you see her in the club circuit, just you watch coaches and how their their team responds to them. And, and her girls play for her, you know, and, and uh, that that fire was there. And so it was something that was noticeable. We, we sense that fire, too, in our conversation with her. Certainly. Like, like real competitive nature. She's yeah. ready to prove the world wrong. We, we got that impression <laughs> very early, right? Absolutely. Little petite. And, but we're going to rip your head off. You know, <laughs> type of thing. So Dangerous. It, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Lee Kamard is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, we have to go to this scenario because Shaylee Gonzalez has been such a huge part of the BYU sure. women's basketball program over the last four years. Had a redshirt year, got an extra year of eligibility because of the COVID exception. She was dynamite, obviously. She announced that she's entering the transfer portal. Um, I think every BYU fan's hoping that maybe she's second-guessing there. So what can you update us on in the situation with Shayla Gonzalez leaving BYU? I will tell you this. She's not all the way out yet. I had a great conversation with her yesterday. She is exploring, and every single school is I'm sure now, as they should, right? Uh, my, my thing I want to share is, Shaley, our arms are right here. Anytime you want to come back, we'll have you. Come be great at BYU. Come back, fly past Jimmer, fly past Lexi, and fly past Danny, fly past Tina Gunn, come get the scoring title. Let's hang your jersey in the rafters is, is, is what I think and what I see playing out. We got a good roster. She makes it even better. We still have our work cut out, whether she's here or not, because we're trying to replace you know 50% of the production. 
uh, from last year and some really experienced seniors. But, yeah. but Shaylee, we're here. We love you. We want the best for you. Go explore, get what you need, the information, and we'll go from there. That's a beautiful soundbite. I paused just so we could <laughs> edit it cleanly right there. Um, when it comes to Shaylee, obviously you want her back. What was was there surprise with this decision, or did you anticipate that this was a possibility given the connection with Judd, the connection with you? Um, you know, apparently her mom was in the mix for the job too, so I could see where that plays a role. Was this a surprise to you, this situation? Uh, not entirely. Probably um, a little bit, but not entirely. Uh, she wants to play at the highest level, and she shared that you know she wants to get to a Final Four, you know, and play for a national championship. And also, her dream is to play in the WNBA, and I, I fully support that dream and want to help her achieve that. And so, go talk to these teams, see what they have to offer. Uh, it's just a new landscape of college basketball, mm -hmm. where roster maintenance is a real thing, and um, trying to always have the best competitive roster to go and compete year in year out because. People want to play on the big stage, and that's just what it is. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Does she have two years of eligibility correct. left? Two years left. So she could see the Big 12 with you. Absolutely. Yep. And 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 that that's what puts her within reach of all those scoring marks, yes. right? Like, if she averaged what she averaged this year, she'd blow out all the scoring records, right? Here, men, men, men and, and women. women. Yeah. yeah. Tina's the highest scorer mm -hmm. in BYU history, but she would she would run past that probably game about 60. Did she run past you already? Or oh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Come on. The transfer port is so interesting. We were talking about this yesterday on the show. Like, it giveth and it taketh away. Sure. Because uh, we, we can't sit here and be like, you know what's awesome? Puka Nakua and Samson Nakua. But you never get, like, no one ever leaves. Sure. Like, it's just different, though, when it's Shaley. Absolutely. Like, like she is such um, – I, I, I was going to save this till later when we were talking about her more, but she's the face of women's athletics at BYU. Sure. She's one of the main faces, period. Yeah. Um, her following and, on social. Like, she's such and a she's big got deal. a chance. she's got a chance to be the most decorated athlete at BYU, depending on how the next two seasons plays out, yeah. arguably, yeah. right? She's already – if not the GOAT, one of the GOATs in BYU basketball – women's basketball history. You put her on the Rushmore? For Women's sure, hoops. Yeah. for sure, yeah, yeah. already as it is. But she has a chance to solidify herself, no question about it, as to go. And on the athletic department, Mount Rushmore, you know. And so that's that's exciting. I, I, I want that for her. I understand she's got to do what she's got to do. Um, but but that's all within reach in my my perspective. Yeah. Lee Kamard is on BYU Sports Nation. One more year in the West Coast Conference, then the jump to the Big 12. What is the most important thing this final year in the West Coast Conference that BYU women's basketball needs to accomplish in order to feel comfortable about making that Power 5 jump? Besides getting Shaley back. Yeah, start, start <laughs> to Shay. No, I mean, with Shay or without, like, we're, we're replacing, I think, like 500 games of experience between Tegan Paisley, Sarah, and Maria, right? That's like, unbelievable. Wow. And the scoring production of all of them yeah. and the efficiency and just the buy-in to the team. Like that's, but you had this group of freshmen and a, a couple other younger classmen that are just waiting for their turn. Nani Falatea you know? and McCalvert among for others. For sure. Smiler's ready to make a jump. Lauren Gustin's ready for a little bit more, you know, that type of thing. And so as we head in, yeah, everybody that's on the roster this year potentially will be with us as we enter the Big 12. So solidifying... A, a great team, cohesive myth in that chemistry and taking that, some of the experience that's gained this year as we enter the Big 12, yeah, we want to compete for the title. 
every year. That's expected. Yeah, we want to win the conference tournament. That's expected. Yeah, we want to go to the NCAA tournament. That's just BYU women's basketball. Do you have to recruit the rest of the roster like you're recruiting Shaley with the new head coach? Absolutely. And and to go back a little, that's probably the biggest, uh, the hardest thing about the timing of Judd retiring and the new hire is that the portal was so alive Mm. and then potentially losing Shaley or not, whatever, there's not really a lot out there. Right, given at this the point. timing, yes, right, it was maybe because there was four or five weeks in between Judd retiring and the, and the new hire, you're not going to get anybody out of the portal not knowing who your head coach is. Right? Understandably, like, hashtag so, BYU red tape. It, so, it, so yeah. that's a little dicey. That's what's the hardest part. If Shaley potentially leaves, about replacing her is like ah, the the wave of the portal. We're going to have to get creative and figure out what we can do if that potentially happens. But men's team is in the same situation. For sure. And they're, they're out, trying right? to, you know, bring or take care of the production that they've lost, right? Sure. But so. at least their head coach is in place. To sure. your point, like, how it's do you recruit somebody out of yeah. the transfer portal yeah. when you don't have a head coach for yeah. a month? Right. Because May 1st, the deadline. If you're not in there before then, you can't play right away. So anybody that enters now, unless there's a waiver potentially, they're not gonna. They're gonna have to sit a year and then play. So it gets dicey. But we, we like who we have. You know, obviously, we love Shaley. Okay, we want her back. But we like who we have too. And the reps can't be, you know, simulated in practice. They're gonna get those on the fly. May, I can't speak for everyone on this, but w- when when COVID happened, I think we thought like, oh, this is gonna th- this is going to affect these players for like two or three years. No, it's like a five year deal. Sure. Or maybe six or seven because. There, there would have been more reps for certain people if certain people weren't there for a fifth year. Yeah. Now, the benefit last year was it was the most fun, amazing regular yeah. season we've <laughs> ever seen in BYU women's basketball history. It was, it was worth it. It was awesome. But the reps that we're going to see now, are, it's going to be exciting with some of these young players Absolutely. Like about that, that are kind of second and third string last and, year. And truthfully, they, they have a right to be a little frustrated because in the recruitment was, hey, Paisley's going to be gone, Tegan's going to be gone, Maria, Sarah – Come don't play. anticipate a pandemic. Right, like come and play in this big opportunity, and then they get here, and it's like, well, four seniors coming back, and, you know, all the five starters are back. And so it's just, yeah, they're excited for their chance. Mm-hmm. Former BYU women's basketball player Morgan Bailey was just announced as part of this staff. Um, what can you tell us about Morgan and what she will bring to BYU women's basketball as she now joins on with you and with Amber Whiting. Yeah, I think for her, the credibility is there. She was Mountain West, I believe Mountain West, maybe West Coast Conference. I know she's got a big plaque in the annex. (laughs) So she was player of the year. So the credibility is there. We had our first practice yesterday. She got to work with the girls immediately, connection, just because of her credibility on the court. She's tough. She's fiery as well. Um, She wants to be great and is excited for it. I'm excited to work with her. And uh, it's going to be good. Yeah, 2015 West Coast Conference player. Okay, WCC. You know what? In a couple of years, we're not going <laughs> to. Uh, it's all good. Um, Lisey's lawn care. Oh wow! Is that, is that happening? Like you, as, uh, a, as a, when we were all in school together, you had you had said that this was an ambition of yours to own a lawn care business. <laughs> How how's that coming along? I'm just glad I'm here with you guys <laughs> and, and not and not performing lawn Outside services trimming, right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Getting the so. crews out there. Make your millions and just buy a lawn care company <laughs> that you, you just oversee. You're not you telling go. me you got the seed money from Belgium there for Lisey's lawn care, Lee? <laughs> One day, potentially. My son's named after me, so maybe he'll start it. Yeah. So it can still it'll carry. be little Lisey's lawn service. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Another L. Perfect. Yeah. Lee, great to have you in studio. We Thanks. appreciate you being here. What a wild month. Uh, 
but and I know that you're super busy right now, so thanks for taking some time with us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Glad you're still here, man. Yeah, it's good. good to see you. Okay, coming up, Lisey's Lawn Care. How much should he charge for a full service? And who will BYU Hoops miss more, Alex Barcelo or Shaley Gonzalez? And uh, how about this? Where would a BYU football win against Notre Dame this year in Las Vegas rank all time? Stare yeah. into your crystal balls, know what's going to happen, and tell us this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Don't forget to follow us on social media, BYU Sports Nation, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. He is Jeremiah M. Spencer. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around, presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. 24-7's Josh Pate has BYU over Notre Dame as one of his five upset specials this year in college football. When BYU beats Notre Dame, would this be a top 10 win in BYU history? It's impossible to answer this question because we don't know what Notre Dame will be when BYU faces them in Las Vegas. If they're a top 10 team, then yes, understandably, it would absolutely be a top 10 win in BYU history. However, what if this is the Notre Dame team from 2004 that was quarterbacked by Brady Quinn? That or he got good. They opened the season. Notre Dame finished with a losing record that year, and we don't BYU finished care. with a losing record that year too, and beat Notre Dame head to head. Yeah, we don't actually care. Is that an all-time win? Good. No, it's not an all-time. It's cool to beat Notre Dame, but like, yeah. not all Notre Dame teams are created equally. They're so playing we, at Ohio State, so they're going to be 0-1. Start the year. Marshall, Cal at North Carolina. By week before BYU. Three and one and ranked like number 15. BYU. I didn't know that until now. I don't know. Yeah, it, like if Notre Dame finishes with 10 or more wins and is like top 15 and BYU is also hopefully top 15, that'll be pretty so heavy. May, it's got what, a shot. What Notre Dame is when BYU beats them factors into this heavily totally. because Notre Dame, like. Totally. Let's, Oklahoma in 2009 is a prime example. They were number three. You don't three, have to preach the how right? they ended right? up thing. I, I feel like no, I made what, this up no, here. But. No, what I'm saying yeah. is like BYU fans view that as an all-time win, even though Oklahoma finished eight and five. Because they were number three. Yes. How you felt when you dated that girl first versus what they ended up later when you checked them out on Facebook is very different, right? And it all comes full different. circle back to dating <laughs> and Facebook. Or you just don't look and you don't care. Like, were they eight and five? I don't know. Are they three and ten in their life? Are they ten and three? Do you want it to be an all-time win? <laughs> Hope that Notre Dame finishes with nine or ten wins this season. Then it's an all-timer for sure. Yes. Well, the combo of both is the ultimate. Like Miami's number one when you beat them, they finish three. Greatest win in BYU yeah, history because yes. you had both. Yep. The, the CBK report. Oh, CBK of for course. college basketball. Yeah, of course. Put out their final four picks from their analysts because they have a team of analysts. Because everyone knows who everyone has already. Okay, so their analysts, two have Gonzaga in the final four in the approaching season. Okay. Token picks. No surprise. Did you even think? One has BYU in the final four. This isn't the NIT, right? This is the final four, like the the other one? Trell. Whoever Trell is (laughs) has BYU in the final four. Did he mean is Gonzaga? Trevin, is this did, Trevin Nell's name combined? Yes. Did, <laughs> did Trell mean Gonzaga? Or does is he like just, does he know hold something up, that up. we all don't? Parker's got UAB? Yep. The fighting. I don't want to hear that again. If you don't know that reference at all, I look like a freaking idiot, which I probably do anyway. <laughs> it's this, does Trell know something? 
Trell knows something. Who's who's BYU got coming to the transfer portal, Trell? This just in. BYU's not making it to the Final Four. We hope they make it to the NIT Final Four. My question is, should Trell be a new host on BYU Sports Nation to replace the Blue Goggle Jason Shepard? Maybe we we never want to replace (laughs) Shep. Maybe we do a Blue Goggle. It's just called Blue Goggles, and it's Tuesday nights from 6 to 8. That's what I propose. Clint Stockton and his golf team of Keanu Aquino, Rob Brow, and John Swift shot a 64, losing to Kyle Whittingham and his Utah team. Uh, consisting of Morgan Scally, Greg Jensen, and John Morgan, who uh, allegedly shot a 54. How many mulligans were strokes. teams allowed to buy and utilize? That's what, what the, I want. What are the Pac-12 rules with golf? Yeah, mul- mulligans were clearly in play. And the National Kidney Foundation's golf tournament, is this a blemish on BYU's versus the Pac-12 record? No, because it required mulligans for Utah's team to shoot a 54. <laughs> no. How, what ha- why can't we, why didn't we bring in Mike Weir? Or, or uh, you know, Tony Finau or somebody. Mike, Mike Weir's busy on the PGA Tour. <laughs> also, but Tony this is this was well. for the National Kidney <laughs> Foundation. Think about the children. Oh, boy. God, lost by 10 strokes? Maybe maybe Todd Miller. Like Todd yeah. Miller. Todd Miller would be a Bruce prime Brockbank, candidate. Yep. Ginger Quake. Zach, Zach we, Blair. We get can, one of, Daniel Summerhays. We can work on bettering the BYU team for next year. BYU's yeah. golf team should just, like, BYU golf versus Utah golf, BYU should destroy but Utah. But Utah, Utah is good now. They got two top ten guys in the country. I'm talking historically, bro. Sure, sure. But Bring in all years, the U- ringers. Utah's a totally different Take golf Corey program. Take Corey Yashimura, get him in there, and he would help us. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We shouldn't lose by ten strokes to you, even if it's for fun. Come on. It's not a blemish. All right, two pieces of Big 12 news. One, Dennis Dodd reports the following. He says, hearing no internal candidates for the Big 12 commissioner job. Uh, That could change, of course. Presidents wrangling over external candidates. It's like a Texas. And how far away from traditional college candidates they may want to look. Hmm. Traditional college candidates. Okay. Okay. And John Rothstein reports that in hoops, the Big 12 is planning to stay at 18 league games when the league has 14 teams in 2023 to 2025. Teams will likely play eight teams once, five teams twice. Which piece of future conference news do you find more interesting? Frankly, it's the basketball news because uh, I'm very interested in what that looks like because the Big Big 12 is going to be really hard in hoops. Fewer games is probably good, although you get uh, rewarded for that tough schedule. Not too worried about the commission thing. Look, look, we're we're getting invited to the party. We don't care who the DJ is. We're just happy to be there. I already miss Bob Bowlesby, by the way. Bob. I miss Bob. By, by the way. Bob, you can come back to the Big 12, too. Shaylee. Our arms are still open. With arms wide open. Uh, Bob, by the way, yesterday we discussed this. When we say Bob, we mean Bowlesby. We don't even have to say Bowlesby now. We just say Bob. He's our guy. Okay. He's our guy. You've declared it? Yes. And and Shep goes, well, what other Bobs are there in, like, BYU sports that we – Bob Jensen, is that yeah, who we're talking Bob about? Bob Jensen, the quarterback. Like, I thought you meant Bob Jensen. That's crazy. <laughs> Pat Riley challenged the media to a push-up contest. Of course, longtime uh, winning coach for the Lakers and, uh, you know, president of the Heat. Yep. Uh, who would you take in that contest, 77-year-old Pat Riley or Kyle Collinsworth? Kyle Collinsworth. 100, Next. 100%. <laughs> 100 push-ups today, Next. baby. Next. The director of football equipment, Josh Hewitt, posted a video of what it takes to prepare for a football game. Watch and listen to this. I'm Josh Hewitt, director of football equipment here at BYU. Today we're going to walk you through the process of how to get a ball out of the package to game ready. So the first step is we'll take the hot wet towel and basically we're taking the wax off the ball 
Next, we'll take the mud, uh, a light layer of mud to coat the ball. And we'll let it sit for 12 or 24 to 48 hours. And then from there, we'll take the ball and uh, brush it out. We're basically gonna brush the mud into the leather to break the leather in. Once we're done with that, we'll wet towel to get the remaining mud off the ball. Basically, it's softening that leather and making it softer to catch and throw. Um, quarterbacks like it because it gets rid of the slickness. And that's how we break in a BYU football. The dark cowhide is gorgeous. Like the after, cowhide it's, after hits it home, has bro. been, yeah, manicured, if we want to call it that, it looks awesome. You would that say that after the popping. nails thing. Nails are gone for the record. Oh, look at that. What did you learn about game ball it. preparation here from BYU Equipment? I didn't know mud was provided. Now, what Neither mud is that? Is that? That's not like just mud from someone's backyard. That looks like it's, uh, you know, special. Leather they, mud? To, yeah, to, to you know, <laughs> moisturize the football or whatever. I didn't like, realize that there was that level of extent going into preparing a game ball. That is the case with every process in the world. Like, does it's more bas complicated Basketball than doesn't do that, though, right? They just, like, you get a basketball and you play with the basketball brand new. Like, you don't have to, like, condition the leather, Good do question. They? I, it's like Alex Barcella, like, mm, I need this moisturizer. I got I'm going to need the basketball NIL, yeah. mud conditioned into the leather here. I'm going to fire a text to Bobby Hordusky here I, in a second and a half. It's, this, this feels like it's unique to football. That's pretty awesome uh, that what goes into that. And, and each quarterback would have a certain sort of, uh, you know, preference or whatever. That's yes. interesting. By the way, BYU football, lucky to have Josh Hewitt. He did incredible things on a limited budget at UNLV. Like, I've, I've just heard legendary Casinos things about this guy. Now he's got more of a budget. It's it's amazing to have him working in the equipment room. Welcome to a uh, Power 5 school next year. <laughs> Let's go. Coming up, when do you think BYU will compete for a Big 12 championship? And will BYU basketball miss Alex Barcelo or Shaylee Gonzalez more? Assuming Shaylee doesn't. Right, maybe she comes come back. back. We'll discuss next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yo, subscribe to our YouTube channel, BYU Sports Nation, uh, to get uh, highlights and interviews and archived content from the show. Smash that subscribe button today. BYU Sports Nation is live from Studio B. We left you with this brain buster, and we hope you'll join us in the conversation. Who will BYU basketball as a whole entity miss more? Alex Barcelo, one of the best shooters in all of college basketball, or Shaylee Gonzalez, assuming Shaylee does not come back to BYU. Jeremy, what do you do. think? Is it Alex Jeremy. or Shaylee? I think uh, obviously both are going to be missed quite a bit. This is uh, this is a heck of a question. This is why we're asking it because heck it's tough to decide. H e c k u v a k heck of a yes. This is tough, but I think there is a clear answer, and it has everything to do with off the court. It's Shaylee Gonzalez. Did you know that she has almost three hundred thousand followers on social media? I have noticed this. Yes, it was a that was a uh, rhetorical question. Uh, TikTok, IG, Twitter, incredible following. Her influence on not only uh, herself, but BYU and those who look at BYU is tremendous on social media. I think, uh, obviously, on the court, both these players are incredible. But I think because of Shaylee's influence off the court, it is a bigger loss should Shaylee bounce to another school. Then Alex, uh, both are tremendous players, amazing shooters, huge influences on their teams, the leaders of those teams. And it's going to be a big loss because I think we'll push it over the edge is Shaylee's ability to reach outside of Cougar Nation and show them what BYU's like, show how it's unique, show how awesome it is, right? And obviously she wants something different at this point. Um, and for me, that's that's a bigger loss because that's she has more of a following than 
BYU's own accounts do than our accounts do, like combined. Um, and, and that's a big deal to me. I mean, we're talking about the West Coast Conference Player of the Year. Alex, first team All-WCC, and it's hard to be the player of the year in the West Coast Conference on the men's side because typically Gonzaga is producing some NBA draft pick that will win it. It's a 10-team. Okay. We're talking about Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But contextually, McLovin. BYU women's basketball will miss Shaley contextually because of when this decision happens. You just lost your head coach. You need something to tie over – the new staff. And you just lost, yeah, four notable players. You're coming off, exactly. You just lost your head coach, and as Lee told us, over 500 games of experience with those tenured seniors leaving, including Paisley Harding. You know, Tegan Graham, one of the all-time great three-point shooters. women's Yes, one of the all-time shot blockers. Marie Albiero is a great point guard. Yeah, like you just lost so much. Now you add the reigning West Coast Conference Player of the Year to that conversation. Back-to-back, by the way. That is brutal. Like, you, as good as Alex was, and he was really good. He wasn't the best player in the league. It will be, quote-unquote, easier to replace an Alex Barcelo than it will a Shaley Gonzalez, especially in this scenario, because BYU basketball still has Mark Pope. They still have the head man of the staff there. Like They, they still have the equipment manager, which is great news. BYU now has a new coach. And they've lost all that experience and Shaley Gonzalez. Like, it's going to be harder. Like, BYU basketball will miss Shaley Gonzalez more because of when and how this happened. The timing of this all is brutal. Yeah, she was going to lead BYU into the Big 12. Um, and hopefully she still does. Again, she's not officially gone. Uh, Lee Kamart said the door's still open there. Hope, and, and I hope that Shaley understands um, that, that when people are – uh, bothered or or annoyed by her leaving, that is a sign of love. Because if they wanted her to leave, they wouldn't be that bugged. But because Shaylee is such uh, an amazing player and an amazing person, we are like, uh, it feels like a family member is leaving because we treat this like it's family. It's not, uh, but we treat it like it is. And uh, it's, it's tough to see her go because you have these shared experiences. You invest. I called uh, her games for four years. Yeah, like she's, she's fun to watch. Uh, yeah, she's fun to watch. So when, when someone leaves her, like when Elijah Bryant and Eric Mika left early to go pro, it felt like personal. It's not personal at all. It's, uh, it's their life, and we just watch a bunch of, uh, you know, in some cases, teenagers and early 20-something. We care a lot about this to the point where, like, these are our jobs. We talk about this. But, yeah, let's just be careful there to not make it too crazy. It's uh, it's their lives to live, right? So, yeah, no no question about yeah. it. Like, but no I, way like, around it. It's disappointing, and it, it, it stings because yeah. of the timing of it all. Like, yes. it's, it's exponentially totally. stinging, okay? Yes. It hurts. And, and it like, hurts. And, like, we're going to miss AB, too, uh, 100%. Like, his his last three years, BYU's been a certain level. Alex didn't under choose Mark to leave Pope. BYU either. Shaley, COVID kicked him out. Shaley is choosing to leave BYU. That yeah. also factors into this. Yeah. Of, of the impact and why BYU basketball will miss said player more. Like we had a t- opportunity to prepare for Alex Barcelo leaving. We knew this was the last go. Yes. What? Um, and we learned from Lee Kamard that she wants to play. 
in a Final Four and for a national championship. I can understand some frustration there from Shea League because of how good the regular season was. Sure, we thought last year might be the year that BYU makes a push deep in the, in the tournament. We, we thought that it, we, we said Sweet 16 or bust. And uh, you know what? It was a disappointing. The NCAA unfortunate for sure. part about that is Shaylee played statistically one of the worst games that she's ever played at BYU in that tournament game. That was hard. That was hard. And if she wants to play for a Final Four, then there, you know BYU hopes to get to that point, right? And certainly, if she's on the team, they have like a shot at anything special. Uh, but without her, it's going to be more of a challenge. Yeah, for sure. no, without question. Like if you have that loaded team last year and you didn't win in the first round, that's a hard ask, especially if you want to play in a Final Four. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. All hey, right. Coming up, today's Rising Shout-Out is a welcome back. And how soon do you think BYU football will contend? Maybe get to a championship game in the Big 12? Give us your timeline. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. That was such a great play from Jaron Hall. Fourth and one, like a 50-yard touchdown run. It was awesome. BYU Sports Nation On Demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps today or download the podcast, your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, when do you expect BYU football to earn a spot in the Big 12 championship game. Give us your timelines. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. EJ underscore Hatch for answers on Instagram. I know we love and trust BYU, says EJ, but this is a tough task. Probably three to six years away at best. That'd be, that'd be good. Like three to six, yeah, that'd be quality. It starts to get to and that title ends game. with having an elite quarterback. Yes, and having no divisions, I think, probably hurts BYU in this case because now you actually have to be the second best team. You can't be in the maybe a weaker division and win that division where that might have been beneficial. Maybe BYU is going to be yeah. in the tougher division. I don't know. Today's rise and shout outs presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about Morgan Bailey? Welcome back. Yeah. And uh, NFL TV schedulers uh, have a Jets-Falcons game preseason Monday Night Football, August 22nd. Ooh. Tyler Algier and Zach Will. Let's go. Back-to-back draft oh, picks. Like we're going? Oh. That would be fun. Oh, it's fun. Come on. Our thanks to today's guest, Lee Kamard. Sorry Dennis. No time, bro. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Ambrosia Anderson. Nice pull. She could score the ball. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Cougs. Morgan Bailey highlights.